Ladies and gentlemen, get on your feet, put your hands together, because it's time to march through madness! And now, your starting line of senior pastor, hailing from Houston, Texas, standing at six foot two or six foot three if you count the hair. He has a four and a half inch vertical and finally made his first free throw ever last Thursday. Here he is. Make some noise for Pastor Bill, the Serminator Cornelius. Great to see you guys. Thanks for joining us today. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Thanks for being a part of our service days. Let's also give it up for our prison ministries. They're doing great, by the way. We love you guys. So thankful for you. Man, they are growing like crazy. Someone, they're bringing all their friends. How cool is that? They actually can invite their friends and say, hey, let's go to church as well. Love that. Thanks, guys, for doing that. We really do appreciate that. Great to have you guys here today. Let's say our mission statement together as a church. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die Period. So we're all about here at Church Unlimited. So again, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of our service today. Pull out your notes if you would. Very excited about today's message. You know, we're continuing our March Through Madness series. And uh, today I'm talking about Dream Team, how God wants you to be a part uh, of a team and to make you effective. You know, we always love watching these, the uh, NCAA tournament where you see these teams just blow through the brackets and there's always a winner at the end, right? And we think, wow, how did they do that? It's amazing to watch them win. But everyone wants to talk about the win, but we don't want to talk about the cost associated with the win. But there is a price to pay for greatness. There's a price to pay for victory and for championships. And that's what I want to really talk about today. And so pull out your notes. I want to give you some things to write down today. You know, before I tell you this, I, I, I just finished my sermon Thursday. On Friday is, is my day off, and I was running some errands, and I had to go by an automotive center get get one of our cars uh, inspected. And so I'm sitting there waiting for it. I plop down on the couch waiting uh, while it's getting inspected, and I look over, and there's a magazine beside me. It's a Sports Illustrated, and it's got, on the front cover is James Harden from the Houston Rockets. So me, was, I was interested because I'm from H-Town. So I picked it up, started reading it. It was a great article, and I was shocked about halfway through the article because he, he really was talking about what he's doing different this year as opposed to last year because they unfortunately lost. We kind of went down in flames in the playoffs last year. And he was really disappointed with himself and, and with you know, his leadership, that kind of thing. And so in the article, he actually used the key word for today. He said, this year it's different because this year I'm not just on the team and leading the team, but I've come in full alignment with the entire Rockets organization. When he said that word, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Because the entire message we're talking about today is all about alignment. And so you can be a part of the team and wear the team jersey and still not be in alignment. You, you can actually, you know, be, be on the team. You say, well, I'm a Christian. That's great, but it doesn't mean you're in full alignment with God yet. And so you, that means God saved you from hell. Praise God. And that's great. And absolutely, it's worthy of receiving Christ just for that alone. Get your fire insurance. I'm all about it. Right? Let, let's make sure we're going to heaven. I, I totally get that. But God also wants us to become fully devoted disciples, which means that we are worthy to hit the court. We can actually be leaders. We can actually go to the championship and not just be on the team riding that bench, but instead get in the game. And so God has more for us. And that's what today is really all about. So pull out your notes if you would. You know, I was, I was reading on this article on James Harden. As it, it talked about how one of the things he did was he got rid of all the distractions. So he broke up with a Kardashian. That's always a smart move, by the way. So he broke up with a Kardashian. Uh, then he also, he, he, he said the most painful thing for, for him to do, but he knew it was the right thing for him, 
was to cancel his bid for the Olympics, which was really tough for him to do. But he said, I know that my main objective is to win a championship for the Rockets. And so he set aside all those things. He said all those things were distractions. And so he could focus on his game, focus on his leadership. Then he also went to management and said, I want to be in full alignment with the coach, with the management, even with the front office. And so now when they want to recruit a different player uh, for, the, for the Rockets, James Harden calls him personally. He personally invites him to be a part of the team. He goes after them as well. He, he went after KD before KD signed with the Warriors. You know what I mean? He, he personally went after these guys trying to get them to be a part of the team. <clears throat> when they went to the D-League to go look at some of the young talent coming up, he went with the management to go watch these young players. When they get these young players on the team, he's now helping coach them up. That means he is in full alignment. He realizes not only is he the star player, but he is also the very brand of the organization. He is coming full in his words, alignment. When I read that, I was so shocked because that's what we're talking on today is how do you become a champion? You come in full alignment with God and with the team that you are on. Is it no surprise, by the way, that this year James Harden right now is the leading scorer in the entire NBA. He's beating LeBron out by over 50 points right now and the next guy by over 100. And so why? Because he's in full alignment. And so it just shows you the power of, of alignment in your life. And so pull out your notes. I want to give you some things to write down today. Here's James Harden here, by the way, if you all want to check him out. So I think we had some, some clips of him. Do we have some? Yeah, there he is, just going full beard on him right there. Look at that. Boom. And so, yeah, he's pretty much a freak on the court. He's got the skills to pay the bills. All right, enough of that. So I could watch that all day long. So I'll stop. I won't torture you if you're a Spurs fan. Okay, so... Check out our first verse of the day, Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Or it's okay, because if your key player was playing, you'd be torturing us. I already know that, so trust me. Amos 3, 3 says this, Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Oftentimes, we're out of alignment because we're not in full agreement with the company we work for. We're not in full agreement with the ministry we're a part of. We're not in full agreement with our own families. We're not in full agreement with our friends in the direction we're going. And so this is a really big deal. Number one is effective teams have something better than association. They have alignment. But you need to know something about alignment. What does it mean to be aligned with someone? And authority means you're aligned underneath them. You come fully underneath their authority. Uh, in relationships, you come and you align to walk hand in hand with, with someone. And so that, that's what alignment is all about. Now, number two, true alignment is going to cost you something. Now, this next verse I'm going to read is one of the most controversial verses in all the Bible, but it shouldn't be. Because what Jesus is saying is very powerful, but it's sort of what I call the underbelly of excellence. Nobody likes to talk about this, but this is a huge part of excellence in your life. If you want to win championships, you've got to be comfortable with what I'm going to read next. Luke chapter 14, Jesus said this, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Then he gets specific. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, and your sisters. Wow. Now, is he actually suggesting you hate them? No, he's saying by comparison you should hate them compared to how much you love Jesus. He says, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. D don't begin until you count the cost. So, number two, true alignment will cost you something. If you're really going to be aligned to something or someone, it's going to cost you something. In marriage, we say forsaking all others. This relationship is so valuable to me, I will let it cost me my other relationships. And so in other words, I can be your friend up to a point, but you're not going to get in the way of my marriage, right? That's what true alignment in marriage looks like. Here's the funny thing that always surprises people. When, when they join our staff, I'm all, they're always surprised, and this happens consistently now for over 20 years, the moment they join our staff, 
some of their friends and family don't like him anymore just because they're on our staff. I'm always amazed by them. I'm like, wow. But you know what? I'm not surprised because that's part of being a part of a winning team is that not everyone is going to agree with the level of commitment that you have to it. I mean, if you, unfortunately, go from the Texans to the Patriots, you're going to be shocked at the level of commitment of the Patriots. It shouldn't be that way, but it is. And because they, they're just, it's just normal for them to win championships. They just think they're going to the Super Bowl every, every year. And because they think that and play like that, they pretty much do. Whether they win or not, they pretty much go consistently. Why? That's their normal. Excellence and being the best is their normal. Jesus says here, if you want to be my disciple, he doesn't say if you want to get saved. The Bible says anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There's nothing we can do in that equation. The Bible also says, for by grace you are saved, this is not from yourselves. So, so our salvation is fully on Jesus' side of the equation. But once you become a Christian, to grow in your faith, you have a role in that. You have a part in that. In fact, I believe you're going to grow at the pace in which you're involved. God is giving you his all already. He's waiting on you to give your all. And so he is challenging us today to come in full alignment with him and know it's going to cost you some relationships. You're going to have some friendships where people are going to go, man, you're just getting a little too Christian. You're just getting a little too much into Jesus for me. It's going to cost you some relationships. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you energy. That's all part of living the Christian life. This doesn't mean that we break off from all friendships and all relationships. No, we're not some crazy cult. The Bible never says that. The Bible says, in fact, to love your mom, to love your dad. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, it says to love your friends, to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. It says even to love your enemies. So we know he's not trying to say, don't have relationships, don't love people. He wants us to love people. But actually, what he's saying is your love for God should be greater. We should be so dedicated to God that if it costs us relationships, it costs us relationships. Are we that willing to be committed to the things of God? Look at Hosea 10.4. This gives us a great description of what happens when you're not in alignment. Hosea 10.4 says this. They make promises they don't intend to keep. Therefore, punishment will spring up among them like poisonous weeds in the furrows of the field. And so if you get out of alignment with God, if you get out of alignment with the team you're on, if you get out of alignment with your boss, your workplace, you get out of alignment, you're going to have problems everywhere. In fact, the truth is, number three, when you are not in alignment, problems multiply. They really do. If you are not in alignment with your boss, you're gonna have, your problems are going to multiply at work. If you're not in alignment with your spouse, you're going to be fighting all the time. If you're not in alignment with your church, you'll be miserable here or whatever church you choose to go to. If you're not in alignment, uh, not in alignment at work, it's going to create misery. So think about a car tire for a second. You ever had your car out of alignment? You know it's out of alignment when you let go of the wheel and you end up in the ditch right? It just immediately pulls you over, right? That means you, you know that you're out of alignment. That's an example of a worn tire. I don't know if you can see that or not, but one side is worn out because it's out of alignment. It's pulling against itself on that car. So real quick, I want to give you uh, some signs that you may be out of alignment. So the first is that when the leader lets go of the wheel, you end, it, you end up in the ditch. So if you, leading your family as a father or mother or both, if you were to let the kids rule for the day, would your family end up having the same priorities you have? Or would it be radically different? It means your kids are out of alignment. With you, as the boss or manager or supervisor, let the, let the employees run things. You know, you go on vacation for a week, you come back, the whole place is a disaster. You got employees that weren't in alignment. Does that make sense? Or can it run smooth without you being there? That means you have someone at the top leading it that keeps everything in alignment even when you are not there. And so when the leader lets go of the wheel, you end up in a ditch. Here's another one. With the wheel or the person ends up easily rubbed wrong. If you're nonstop offended when you go to work, 
At some point, you got to say, am I in alignment with this job? If you're always bothered by what we do here at this church, I don't mean this ugly, but this probably isn't your church. Like, you should actually like where you go to church. I don't know that may shock some of you, but you should like it, right? And so that means you're, you're out of alignment. And so th- that's a big deal. If, if a hardcore Democrat goes to a Republican rally, they're going to be totally miserable. If a hardcore Republican goes to a Democrat rally, they're going to be totally miserable. Why? Out of alignment. It's going to drive them nuts. All, every idea that's going to be suggested will be like, oh, I can't, I totally disagree with that. that then why are you there? You're out of alignment. And so you may be what I call a misfit. A misfit doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're a misfit. That's just not the right place for you. And I'm not trying to say that if you have disagreements, everyone's going to disagree. I'm talking about occasional disagreements. But if you are nonstop getting rubbed the wrong way, if it's just all the time, if you're non, if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend, and you're fighting all the time. Why are you together? That should be a sign you shouldn't be together. That means you're not in alignment. And please don't seal that deal. That's going to turn into a disaster in marriage. And so you want to make sure that you are in alignment. So the wheel of the person ends up easily rubbed wrong. Also, the components or the, or the people closest to the misalignment take on excessive strain. So if you are the shock absorbers or attachment or the attachment parts to the wheel that's misaligned, that they take on extra stress just from being closely associated with the misaligned tire, right? And so it's having to hold on stronger, and so it's going to wear out those parts faster. If you are constant, if you have someone in your office that's constant drama, if you're, if you're a supervisor or a manager, you, you need to record this message. I'm just telling you right now. If you are a supervisor, I, I need to tell you something right now. This is really going to be painful, but it's really true. Wherever the drama in your department or division or organization is, or even in your home, it's all coming 80% from one person. Time and again. So you got to deal directly with it. That's a misaligned wheel. And so the organization's going this way, and this person can be just barely out of alignment, but just enough to rub wrong, to slow everything down. So you want to talk to that person. You want to get them in alignment. So the components closest to the misalignment take on excessive strain. Another one is uh, the out-of-aligned wheel is hard to stop. When your car's out of alignment, it's hard to stop. I don't know if you knew that. You may not feel it initially, but eventually it's going to be hard to stop. It's going to wear out your, your uh, brake pads as well. And so alignment is a big deal. Let me ask you something. How do you handle the word no? When someone says no to you, are you okay with that? If you throw a fit every time you're told no at work, you're not in alignment. See, great players, when, when the coach, you know, they practice a play over and over again, but the coach decides to go with another play, maybe you were the key part of that one play and you didn't get to run your play, don't throw a baby fit over that. You gotta respond like a team player and say, whatever's best for the team. And so I may put all this work in this project and they cut it. Don't throw a fit, say, it's okay. You're showing your true colors at that moment. What you do, you say, hey, if that's what works for the team, I'm good with it. You, know, you, you ever see these, these quarterbacks? I know we're doing basketball right now, but you ever see these quarterbacks that maybe they're not having the game that's very good and, and so the coach benches them and then their backup goes in. A good quarterback gets up, stands at the edge of the line and, and cheers them on. That's alignment. The quarterback that goes and sits and sulks, they're not aligned. It's, so basically, if it's not about you, we're not happy. See, isn't it funny how even in the Christian life, we say the Christian life's all about Christ, but we make it all about ourselves. Even in our own faith, even our prayers are all about us. Dear Jesus, let's talk about me more, right? <laughs> okay, we'll talk about you. What do you think of me? I mean, it's like, wow, it always comes back around to us. Somehow, we've even made our prayer lives about ourselves the whole time. 
Right? That's a sign that we're, we're not aligned correctly. So it's excessive strain. The out-of-aligned wheel is hard to stop. And here's another one. The car or the team cannot maneuver well when a quick turn or change is needed. And so, in other words, like, if you want to know if someone's out of alignment, just start going fast and make a quick turn. If they freak out, well, I don't like the direction you're going. I didn't know you were going to do that. So you had to know every move before you were with me? So you had to know every decision in advance you know, it's like, here's a great sign, you know, someone's out of alignment, they come to you, well, I think I, I should have known about that first. Why? You learned when everyone else learned. It's a team. It's okay. And so don't make it about you, make it about the team. It could be that there is an alignment issue. Now, let me just say real quick, too. I'm not trying to call you out, I'm trying to help you, okay? And so we're about to take a little turn in this conversation. Those may feel a little negative. I'm really trying to help you because the truth is, is that Many people wonder why they're not going to the championship in their career, but they're not in alignment. You see, you, you've ne- I bet you'll never see this. You will not see a team get to the Sweet 16 or the Final Four and have a coach make a call, make a decision, and have a player start negotiating on the, on the court. And the coach is, hey, go do this, and the player turns and goes, I don't want to do that. That's never going to happen. I bet you don't see that once in the tournament. You know why? Because those teams of players like that don't make the tournament. You are not even going to be in the running. You're not even going to be in the conversation if you can't learn to get aligned with your coach. If you can't learn authority, if you can't learn to get along with others, you will not even be in the conversation of achieving anything. That's how big of a, that's how foundational this is. Now you say, well, I'm not into this. I don't, I don't agree with all that. I don't like that. Hey, no problem. As long as you're comfortable with mediocrity, you can disagree with me. But if you want to go somewhere, if you want to win a championship, if you want a championship marriage, you want a championship career, you want to do something big for God, you want to see God do great things in your life, then you better come in alignment because if you don't, you're going to miss all of it. Does that make sense? Alignment matters. You have to be in agreement. Without agreement, you're not going to go very far. So this is really a big deal that we understand. As simple as this is, it's a big deal. Now, how do you know if you're out of alignment? Being in or out of alignment is obvious. And here it is. Listen to what comes out of your mouth. This tells you whether you're in or out of alignment. Jesus put it this way. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Are you full of it? It's coming out of your mouth then. Right? Whatever you're full of, it's coming out. And so, it, because we say it. And by the way, if you're a manager or a supervisor or a boss or even a parent, let me just say right now, if they'll say something negative about you to you, what are they doing when you're not around? Maybe want to think about that. If they're saying that in front of you, then I don't even want to know what they're saying when you're not there. Alignment matters, and you can learn a lot by what comes out of someone's mouth. And so just listen, and you will hear whether they are aligned or whether they are misaligned. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Wow, that's strong. In fact, the tongue has the power of life and death of your relationships, life and death of your marriage, life and death of your career, life and death of your reputation, life and death of your relationship with your kids, life and death of your friendships. It's all in the tongue. It's incredibly how powerful that one little body part is, isn't it? It really determines the direction that you go with things. Now, again, this verse may seem really harsh, but the Bible's very clear on this, and so I just wanna save you some time. <laughs> and so, what do you do if you can see someone is misaligned on your team? You go directly to them and you work it out. You say, hey, we need to get on the same page. We have to get on the same page. If that continues to be misaligned, and this may shock you that a pastor's gonna say this next, but it's in the Bible. And we have done this, not a lot, 
but enough times to get a little bit of, a bit of reputation around here for it, and I don't have a problem with it because it's, it, you're just giving me reputation for what the Bible says to do, so I'm okay with that. But look at Proverbs 22.10. It says this, throw out the mocker and you will be rid of tension, fighting, and quarrels. If someone is 80% of your drama, why are you letting them stay on the team? In fact, I, I wanna really tell you something depressing. If you're coaching any team right now, if you're leading any division or organization or even a ministry or a small group, if you don't run off that negative person, all the winners on your team will leave you. Did you know that? You'll lose your best people by trying to placate your worst people. By trying to be nice to the whiners, leaders won't stand for it. They'll leave. They're like, man. In fact, they'll eventually not respect you for not calling it out. So you have to call it out. Dad, if you don't call out the kid that's a problem, mom eventually won't respect you that you didn't call it out. You gotta man up. You gotta get face to face, throw out that mocker. I'm not saying necessarily throw your kid to the street, but what I am saying is if they're mocking you, if they're a nonstop problem, then you know what? That should not be okay. And then in the office, it's a big deal. We haven't done a lot of this in church, but if someone is just a nonstop problem in our church, we'll say, man, I wanna invite you lovingly to find another church. Why? Because I don't have time to babysit a whiny Christian when I'm trying to reach the world for Christ. We're trying to take as many people as we can to heaven before we die. I don't have time. No offense, but we need your seat. If you're not happy, we could use your seat because we're trying to win people to Christ. Does that make sense? Don't be offended, be encouraged, be grateful that your church is so focused, we know who we are, so either get on board or get out of the way, because we're going somewhere. That's the way it's supposed to be. So you need to know who you are and the direction you're supposed to go. So what does this also teach us? Number five, it, this is important. Great team players are teachable by their coaches. They're teachable by their coaches. First Peter 5, 5 says, likewise, you who are younger, be subjected to the elders. Elders just means older in spiritual maturity. It says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So what's one of the signs that you have humility? You'll listen to your coach. I just think it's funny that some of the greatest athletes in the world, all, in fact, all of them, have coaches. <laughs> so these guys, I mean, who's really gonna tell LeBron how to play better? Who's really gonna explain to KD how he can be better? Well, there's guys that do all the time. This may shock you, but you know, the guy, I'm wearing some Kyrie's right now. Kyrie has shoes with his name on it and he listens to a coach every day. So if he can listen to a coach every day, why can't you? In fact, one of the ways you're not coachable is if this ever comes out of your mouth. Don't tell me, don't tell me how to, don't tell me how to parent. Don't you tell me how to run this office. Don't you tell me how to, if that's coming out of your mouth, you're not coachable. And great players watch their game film every single week so they can get better. That's how you go pro. How do you know you're going pro? You're willing to listen to feedback. You're coachable. You'll actually let someone tell you, man, you gotta change this. Really? Yeah. And you know what you do next? Great, great leaders say this. They go, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. It's gonna make me better. You know, when we get feedback cards and people write, sometimes they write their prayer request, that's great, but sometimes they give us feedback, like I really didn't like this, or this was really rude, or I can't believe someone did this, or whatever. Man, we immediately act on that. We're like, oh, we need to check that out, make sure everything's okay, because you're making our church better. I'm not offended by that. I'm grateful that you tell me that. If something I said doesn't work, tell me. Man, do you know how that came across? No, I, I obviously don't. What? Tell me. 
You can make me better as a pastor when you give me good feedback. In fact, if you say, well, I'm not even into Christianity or I'm not even into God, you're who I really want to talk to. You're my customer. <laughs> you're who I'm trying to reach. And so I want to know what you think. In fact, frankly, if you're a highly religious person, I'm not that interested in your opinion. I'm not trying to reach you. You're reached. I want to reach someone that's not into God, that doesn't know Jesus. Because I have found that there's enough barriers to receiving Christ just in, the, in, in having to place faith in him. Why would I build another one? It's already, I mean, the Bible says it's already narrow is the way. It's not my job to make it more narrow. I want you to accept Christ, but you don't have to accept rude Christians because you accept Christ. Does that make sense? Is this working for you? Is this making sense? See, the bottom line is, is that if we want greatness, we have to be willing to be a part of a team and accept excellence and demand excellence of ourselves. In other words, the harder you are on yourself, the easier life gets on you. The easier you are on yourself, the harder life gets on you. Somebody ever tweeting that, because it's true, isn't it? So we have to become to realize that, that if we're really gonna do something great, we have to be willing to be coached. Speaking of coaching, check this out. What's going on out there? You guys aren't playing like we practiced. You gotta put defense out there. They're taking it the hole every time. Put your hands up. You're running around like your shoes are untied. Hey, eyes up here. Come on, you're playing like little fourth graders. This is ridiculous. So we definitely believe in age-appropriate coaching. So in fact, let's just give it up for our children's ministry. We've got great kids programs, great ministry here at Church Unlimited. But if we believe in coaching, this is exactly why you should get your kids being coached spiritually at a young age in our children's ministry, in our youth ministries. It's a great way for them to learn how to have someone pour in their life spiritually and challenge them. They need that just like you need that as well. So I encourage you to, to plug, get them plugged in. It really is a game changer. Next week, by the way, we're talking about make your move as a message. It's next week, we're going to get specific about the winning move that you can make. Don't miss that message. I want to encourage you to be here for that. Now, here's the thing. We're talking about coaching and mentoring. If you don't determine who your mentor is, and I recommend you look for someone to be a mentor to you, by the way, uh, I, I always just say, God, show me who's already in my life that I have access to. That, that Listen, this is what you need to look for. Look for someone who has what you want, has already gone where you wanna go, or is doing what you wanna do. Look for someone who has what you want, who's already, who, who's already gone where you wanna go, or is doing what you wanna do. That's who you wanna find as a mentor. And so I have, throughout my life, found mentors like this throughout this different ages and stages of our ministry. I'm always looking for someone who can help mentor me. And a really great mentoring relationship means they tell you the truth, and it can be painful. And you have to really listen to what they have to say. Now, some of you say right now, well, I don't need to be mentored. That's ridiculous. Well, I hate to break it to you. You're already being mentored. You're being mentored every day. In fact, if you'll just show me your playlist for the last week, I'll show you what's been mentoring you. Let me just, I don't even need to hear the music, just let me print out the lyrics, because you're being mentored. That's a scary thought, isn't it? I don't know why kids are doing, you know, drugs, because every song's about it, because they're being literally mentored. Right now we have all these young girls being mentored by the Kardashian sisters, that is a terrifying thought, by the way. Who is mentoring us? Who are we looking to and listening to? Because we've become a lot like them. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm trying to protect you from the wrong mentors. If, if that's what you want, great. You need to know whatever you fill your mind with, you're gonna become. 
So you better be comfortable with whatever that is. Listen, this, this message is meant to challenge you. I want to encourage you to become comfortable being uncomfortable because that's part of the price of true discipleship, true growing in your faith. Now, I told you last week I was going to tell you how you could double your impact, double your career, double your uh, income if you want, or double whatever it is you want to do in your life. Does the Bible actually talk about how to, to have a doubling? Yes, it does. And I want to share a quick scripture on this. I don't have time to totally unpack it. We're going to do that in a few weeks. Uh, the last part of the series, I'm going to do a whole thing on doubling. And so, but I want to show you someone who doubled uh, their impact. Uh, I, I'm not looking to double my income per se. I'm looking to double the church's impact. So what, I, what my doubling is may be different than what the doubling you're looking for. Maybe money's not the thing for you at all either. Maybe for you it's I want to double my, my uh, influence. I want to double my investments. I want to double my, my territory that I'm reaching. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe you're looking for a doubling. Maybe you're single and you just like to double that, right? And so that's fine. <laughs> what are you looking to double? Look at, look at what happens. This is a guy named Elisha who talks to Elijah, who's the prophet that he is basically an assistant to him and says, he says to Elijah, he says, will you give me a double portion of your anointing? Look at this. It says in 2 Kings 2, and Elisha replied to Elijah, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Okay, Elijah was so spiritual, he never died. He just ascended to heaven. Now, I've had some pretty spiritual mentors, but I've never seen one of them do that. That would be pretty crazy, right? Verse 12, Elisha saw it and cried out, my father, my father. Hear the relationship he had there? My father, wow. He didn't say, my boss, my boss. So my father, my father, one of the ways I know someone really is in alignment with me if they're on our staff is that it begins to not just affect what they do between eight to five, it begins to affect what they do after five. That's how I know there's full alignment when they're really like, no, this is the, the way you live your life is impacting me. It's, it's every area. It's not just work. So when you find the right mentor, you don't want to just limit it to work. Never do that. They have way more knowledge than that. They have way more wisdom than that. And so it says, my father, my father, I see the chariots and charioteers of Israel. And as they, as they disappear from the sight, Elijah tore his clothes in distress. So he was upset that he lost his mentor, but he knew that God was giving him a double portion. Did you know, by the way, that Elijah in his lifetime had four, did 14 miracles, but in Elisha's lifetime before he died, he did 28. He literally doubled Elijah. And Elijah was the undisputed champ. And Elisha doubled him? I was thinking about this. I thought, man, I want to call a couple of buddies of mine and just see what they think. I want to call a couple mentors of mine. So I call one in particular. He's a mentor of mine in this church. He, he, he says I mentor him because I'm his pastor, so I may be mentoring him spiritually. But he mentors me in business, in real estate, investments, that kind of thing. So I called him up. His name's Chris. I asked if permission if I could share this. I said, Chris, let me ask you a question. I said, tell me about your mentor, your earlier mentor. Like when he goes, like when I first started, I said, yeah. He said, oh, his name was so-and-so. He said his name. I'd never heard of the guy. He said, yeah, he was an attorney. Then he got into real estate, learned how to flip houses. And he began to take, he'd buy big pieces of land, parcel them out, sell them off. And I was like, wow. So he taught you how to do, he goes, yeah, he taught me how to do that. He taught me how to sell. He taught me how to put deals together. He taught me how to be more balanced in my personal life as well. So again, you see the personal aspect. He taught me all this. And so I said, that's incredible. So now let me ask you this, Chris. Have you doubled him yet? And Chris just kind of smiled and 
he normally doesn't talk about what he does or what he has. He says, to be honest, I've actually quadrupled them. I'm not surprised. Chris is 31 years old and has over 200 properties. He's 31. He's just getting started. See, the truth is, it's unbelievable what you have potential to do if you'll just be humble and listen to the right people. But quit listening to the wrong people. Start listening to the right people. What does this mean? Number six, if you will find a mentor who has what you want, ask for help and shut up and listen. If you will learn that one simple move, it's a game changer. If you listen to them and do what they say, you'll be qualified for a doubling. Listen, listen, listen. This is in your notes, but you may want to write this down. If you'll listen up, you get the level up. If you will listen up, you get the level up. And if you cannot identify someone in your life that you actively go to for wisdom, then you're not growing. I'm just telling you, you're not. Because every pro has a coach. Every great athlete, whether it's a corporate athlete, whether it's a pastoral athlete, gets coached. I don't care what it is that you do, you need coaching, you need someone pouring into your life, helping you go to that next level. It's a game changer. Chris even told me this, I didn't mention this to the other service, I'll just mention this to you guys. He said, yeah, early on, when, when, he, when I went in for some wisdom, we invested together, and he said, I never invested with him for the money. He said, money's the easiest thing to get there is. Wisdom's what's hard. Isn't that brilliant? He said, I invested with him because then I, I got access to his knowledge. It wasn't the money. The money is a side product of the wisdom, of the knowledge. Get the knowledge. Even Solomon knew this. God said, Solomon, which one do you want? Riches or wisdom? He said, God, I want your wisdom. And God said, because of that, I'll throw in the money. And because of that, Solomon became the richest man in the world, in history. I'm telling you, he had more money than you know, Jeff Bezos ever dreamed of. Isn't that crazy? Because he said, God, give me your wisdom. If you will get the right mentoring, you can go way beyond what you ever dreamed. Would you take a moment to pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Forgive me if this feels like a business seminar. I didn't mean it to be that way, but the Bible's very clear on how to succeed in every area of your life, including business, including in your family, including in your personal walk and with God. I mean, there's just, whatever area you are looking to grow, you need a mentor, you need a coach in that area. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe your prayer today is to say, God, forgive me, but I, I've, been, I've been enjoying watching other people's victories, but I haven't had my own because I haven't really been paying the price. I'm not, I had not been willing to count the cost. Maybe today it's time to say, Lord, I want to count the cost. Maybe you have to admit that you're not even in alignment with God. That God has spoken to you about things and you've shirked him. You blow it off. You say, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, today's been a tough message. And I want to challenge you. Instead of running from conviction, lean into it. Because that's where your growth is. Lean into the conviction to God. Don't be afraid of it. It's not meant to hurt you or take away your fun. It's meant to bless you. That's how you qualify for a doubling. Lean into the conviction. Where's God challenging? Where's he speaking to you? See, I believe that's where your greatness begins, is when you get humble, and when you listen up, you get to level up. Every head bowed, every eye closed, say, God, please speak to me. Please speak to me, God, I wanna honor you, I wanna follow you. I'm listening, Lord. Just lead me and guide me. First thing God does, he begins to correct us before he directs us. You gotta be willing to take that, lean into it, and then God will begin to direct you into wisdom, but you first gotta get out of foolishness. A fool keeps doing folly over and over again. 
Isn't it time to walk away from that and step into wisdom? With your head bowed, your eyes closed, God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you. He proved that he was God's son by raising to new life. He paid the price at the cross for your sins and for mine. You can receive Christ right now by praying a very simple prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? We're gonna lead you in this prayer together. You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin, and I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.